Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is episode number 126, recorded on April 1st of 2020. And we're in the midst still of such a strange time. I know that many of you who are listening to this are in really, really a serious uh, situation. Um, I'm really hoping that most of you are healthy, but the biggest concern is uh, we're still getting so many reports of people losing their jobs, of SEOs losing clients, of businesses closing. I saw one stat today, I'm not sure if this was just in Ottawa, uh, Ontario perhaps, or um, whether it was somewhere in the States, uh, but it's predicted that 30% of businesses that close because of coronavirus will not reopen again. Um, and that's a little bit of a concerning fact. Uh, so my hope to you this day is that I can provide you with some news in terms of SEO, something to just sort of take your mind off of what's happening in the world with coronavirus. Um, and hopefully, I, I think there's some really good, interesting stuff in this, uh, this week's episode. I'm really uh, interested to talk about this article that Bill Swalski wrote uh, regarding how Google could be determining who the author of content is, uh, some, using something called author vectors, which is really, really interesting. Um, Search Console has a couple of new features, nothing terribly exciting. There are lots of changes in terms of Google My Business, so we'll get to that in a minute as well. Let's, it's been a little while since we talked about an algorithm update, and uh, you know I'll skip to the end. I don't think there was a big algorithm update, uh, although a number of people are talking about potentially March 23rd being a significant update. Uh, I believe there was an article on Search Engine Roundtable um, following, March 23rd I think was a Monday, and so uh, following that, Barry Schwartz uh, had commented that a lot of people were talking about seeing sub significant changes in their search traffic. Um, and as always in the last few weeks, it's really challenging to determine, did Google change something here? Did uh, the way that the world searches change because of coronavirus? Um, so when we looked at our client data, we noticed that a lot of our clients were seeing a very significant improvement in traffic starting March 23rd. Uh, and that's really encouraging. I'm not all of our clients, and a lot of the ones that did see improvements in traffic, uh, they're nowhere near the level where they were at before coronavirus impacted their business. And in some cases, the uh, increase in traffic doesn't necessarily mean an increase in revenue. It's often people trying to figure out, are you even open? Uh, what's your phone number? Just things like this. So, um, But still, it's good to see some encouraging signs that a number of, of websites were seeing improvements. Um, and so initially, if we were going with our usual criteria of determining did Google do something here, we would have called March 23rd some type of a Google update. The thing is, though, when we look at the vast majority of these sites that are seeing this sudden growth on March 23rd, uh, they're also seeing the growth in Bing as well. And so either, I think it's very unlikely that Bing and Google, uh, you know, change their algorithms in the exact same way at the exact same time. Uh, so I think this is more likely to be reflecting just a change in how people are searching at this time. Now, we could do further investigation into this. Usually when we think that Google has done an algorithm 
update, I'll spend several days analyzing certain keywords that have dropped, uh, patterns that we can find in, in businesses that saw improvements or that saw hits. Uh, but given that we think this is more related to coronavirus, I'm not going to be spending that time doing a, a deep, thorough investigation just yet. That could change, though. We may see uh, next week, if it becomes really obvious that Google has changed something, then we'll do a little bit more of an in-depth investigation. Um, it does also look like we, we discussed with our team whether there was an update on March 27th as well. And really, it's the same story that uh, sites that are seeing improvements or declines are seeing the same sort of thing in Bing traffic as well as Google traffic. Uh, and so we don't think that Google put out, uh, you know, some serious core update or something like that. With that said, we have a few clients that saw some very interesting changes. Uh, one of them that I've talked about a few times has been ranking really well for this post that they have on do-it-yourself hand sanitizer. And they have other articles as well uh, for at-home remedies. And they're not, uh, I mean, they're good articles. Uh, I don't think that they're harmful. I haven't read every single uh, fact in them, but uh, I think for somebody who wants to make your own hand sanitizer at home, it's a fairly decent article. What we noticed is that uh, a lot of these articles are dropping off of the first page. And so we initially had said, ah, maybe Google tweaked some dials in terms of trust. Um, maybe uh, we know that Google is trying to make it so that people don't profit from the tragedy that's going on in the world uh, in a way that is just distasteful. I don't think these posts on hand sanitizer were distasteful in any way, but I think you can see what I'm getting at, uh, that it's possible that Google has made some changes so that um, if you're writing on coronavirus, on things related to coronavirus, on home remedies, on things like that, that you're much more likely to rank on the first page if you're seen as an authority. Um, and so this is possible. Uh, is this an algorithm update? It's hard to say. If you had content, especially health content, that was ranking really, really well, that saw sudden declines uh, over this last week, especially if it was March 23rd or March 27th, I'd love for you to reach out to me on Twitter, Marie underscore Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, um, and you can uh, let me know about that because I'll do some more investigation. I really think, though, that um, this also could just be a change in the way that people search. I noticed that uh, right now, if you do a search in the United States for uh, a lot of like DIY hand sanitizer, um, one of the posts that tends to rank really well is a, an article from Healthline. And we know that Google really likes Healthline. They, have, uh, they tend to reward their content. Um, and so I still am leaning towards saying that uh, what we're seeing right now is just drastic changes in search patterns uh, that are very, very hard to interpret. We did run the same Twitter poll that we've run for three weeks now. And uh, what I wanted to know was whether people's traffic week over week had improved because of what's going on in the world or declined or stayed the same. It was really encouraging to see that uh, this week, 23% of the people, there were 300 and some people who responded, uh, had actually said that their traffic was improving uh, as compared to the previous week. Now, again, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean everybody is uh, making tons of money and, and uh, you know, as profitable as you want to be, um, but it's good to see some improvement. Last week, there were only 15% percent um, that said that they had seen improvement and the week before that it was 13 percent. Um, I, I 
did have fewer responses to this poll, but there were some that were interesting. Uh, let's see. Alex Mungo said clients in the house improvement niche, including gardening and security, are attracting a lot more traffic. And again, I think as people are stuck at home and they're uh, trying to figure out what to do all day long, a lot of people are turning to gardening at this time of year. We have uh, a couple of uh, clients that are in that sort of niche that are seeing incredible increases in traffic, uh, which and some of those... One of those on March 23rd saw, uh, I want to say, like a 100% increase, uh, which was just insane. And so I really wish I could figure out what, you know, it was a Monday and maybe the world just kind of got used to saying, look, we're stuck at home with uh, this lockdown or quarantine or whatever it is you're on. And so people just started. I, I think for me personally, it took that long to get over the shock. Not that I'm completely over it, but I had a good week or two period where I just didn't know what to do. Um, and, you know, we didn't make any big purchases at that time. Uh, whereas this week we're looking at like, oh, you know, my husband's redoing our stereo equipment in the, the living room. And we're, uh, we're looking at doing some home improvements, um, you know, not crazy expensive home improvements, but things that we could be working on. Uh, so if you have a website that uh, fits into that niche, that's a really great thing. And maybe you're going to start to see some improvements in conversions uh, over the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, Alex Harford replied that he has clients that are down 40% and he has clients that are up 120%. Um, and so, uh, let's see, one of his DIY clients went from down year over year uh, to 60% up over the weekend. It just, things are really, really uh, out there. And um, it's very, very hard to interpret uh, traffic patterns at this point. So I think that's all we'll say there. Other than uh, there's one other poll that's in newsletter as well. John Doherty from Credo uh, asked people, have you seen a lead drop since three weeks ago? And 72% said yes, that they're seeing a drop in leads. We have a drop in leads at MHC, but not tremendous. There's still uh, requests for help that's coming in. Um, and we still have a significant waiting list. I, I don't say that to brag. I even hesitate to say that because I know some of you are sitting at home without any business. Um, I think the reason why we're doing relatively okay is we actually had a significant waiting list. And so this period of uh, a bit of a downturn um, will help us to get caught up with our waiting list and uh, implement some things that we've been trying to do for quite some time. So, um, you know, it's not business as usual, but business continues. And so uh, I think for me personally, one of the hardest things to deal with is not knowing what to do. I, I sit at my desk and I go, okay, we could be selling this, we could be working on this, we could be doing this. And I've realized, you know, we have a really good thing in this business that, that we've put together. And my goal now is just to keep refining our business and to come out of this at the other side as a much stronger business than when we went in. Um, and so I think we're going to get there. I, I, like I said, I went through a, a down period, but now I'm really excited about um, growing this business. I just really hope that uh, that we all stay healthy and um, that uh, that this is over sooner rather than than later. Um, if you do need to close your business, there are a lot of questions that people have in regards to what do you do in search. So uh, Google has put out an announcement with a post that talks about some do's and don'ts for what to do uh, if you are considering closing. 
if your situation is temporary, you really should not take your website offline. Um, Google's got a, a whole post that talks about some of the things that could happen if you do that. Um, and some of them are very obvious. For example, uh, you know, your potential customers won't know whether you've closed or whether there's just an issue with your website. Um, and so it's good to have information for them on there. Uh, but there are other things to keep in mind as well. If you completely close down your website, make it so that it's you know not functioning, it doesn't resolve at all, then you might lose information in your knowledge panel. If you have a knowledge panel, things like your contact phone number, your site's logo, those are all pulled from your website. And if your website goes down, then uh, you may lose that knowledge panel. Uh, Google also says that you'll lose your Search Console verification um, and all of the reports that you get in Search Console, you're not going to have that information. Um, and then the other thing too is that if you've been gone for a long period of time, it can take some time for Google to put you back into the index and start ranking you properly again when you do decide to come back. Uh, so Google's recommendation is... Um, there's a few things, and we've laid these all out in newsletter, uh, mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and this is episode number 126. Um, you can read all of the, the recommendations from Google in there. Um, one of the things that I think most of us should be recommending to our clients is that you have some sort of a banner or a pop-up uh, that I think we use a, uh, I think it's called a hello bar uh, at the top of our website, just to say like, hey, we're still in business. This is the situation. Or maybe we're not in business or we're temporarily not taking new calls uh, until, you know, uh, May or something like that. Um, so it's very important to communicate to people exactly what's going on with your business. Google had an interesting blog post yesterday talking about health sites writing content about COVID-19. And uh, I found it, at first I was like, oh, this is really great information, um, but it doesn't really tell us a whole lot. It, it says that uh, Google's working hard to surface authoritative information. Now, this may be connected to what I was just talking about with our uh, blogger who was having content on hand sanitizer, making your own hand sanitizer at home. It's possible that Google has recognized like, oh, there are actually authoritative health websites um, that we recognize as more of an authority that we'd like to rank their content better. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if Google's made changes, and maybe not even made changes, but if the algorithms have, are now able to figure out um, that people who talk about hand sanitizer, that's actually a health topic, whereas before it wasn't. Uh, you know, people talking about protective masks, that maybe was classified as uh, you know, something other than related to viruses at this point. And I think that uh, search can change as Google figures out where they need to surface the authoritative information. This reminded me in this document of uh, a document that I refer to a lot called, um, uh, it's, oh gosh, it's by Google on how they fight disinformation. And in it, they have a line that basically says, uh, uh, let's see if we can find it here. Well, it basically says that they do all they can to, here it is, elevate authoritative content uh, from trusted sources. And so um, if you are trying to rank for medical content, it can be really tricky if you're not seen as an authority. I'm going to talk at the end of this episode of the podcast. There's a good question on EAT, and I'm going to talk even more about, uh, you know, why this matters and how much it matters and why it doesn't matter sometimes as well. Um, in terms of this health 
uh, announcement that Google made. They announced that there's a technical support group for uh, sites that are writing about coronavirus information. And at first I was really excited about that. I thought, well, you know, we, the more information we can get from Google on what they value in terms of quality, especially in regards to health content, the better. But it turns out, it, the way I understand it, it looks like this is only for government and official like .org domains. Um, and so if you're just a, a blogger with a website or, you know, a, a business with a website that um, is not seen as like one of the leading authorities, you can't qualify for this technical support group. If any of you are in this support group and want to uh, kind of give me some information on what you're finding in there, I'd love to hear from you. I think uh, it could be very interesting. Let's move away from non-coronavirus, move, uh, move away to non-coronavirus news. Uh, Glenn Gabe reported that Chrome 81 will be released the week of April 7th. Uh, this is a later release because they paused things because of what's going on in the world. Um, Glenn has a, a really good post now that talks about some of the changes that are going to happen. And I really liked where he talked about using Chrome Canary Build, where you can uh, use is basically a future version of uh, what the next version of Chrome is going to look like. And you can test your site in this Canary build. Um, and so I think that's that's really interesting. And if you're worried that potentially your site is going to have issues with the new, uh, like if you're using some weird type of JavaScript or one of the things with Chrome 81 is going to be that um, if you have images that come from non-HTTPS sites, that those images are not going to load. And so that's the type of thing that you might want to be testing in the Chrome Canary build. So uh, that might be useful to some of you. Search Console made some announcements that uh, there are some new features, although they're nothing terribly exciting. One of them is uh, you can now choose which types of emails you want to get. Uh, personally, I like to get all of the emails from Search Console. The thing is, though, if you have many clients, uh, I know when Google gives you this, like, how your site in performed in search. It's like a monthly email that you get. Um, and we have hundreds of sites that were on uh, Webmaster Tools. Oh my gosh, I said Webmaster Tools on Search Console. Gosh, it's been like four, maybe five years since it was Webmaster Tools. I must have other things on my mind right now. <laughs> ah, um, and I lost my train of thought there. I think you know what I'm saying. If I have a lot of clients, I don't necessarily want to be getting every single email that Search Console sends out. Um, although I do want to get the ones that are important uh, from Search Console. The other thing that I think some of you will like is uh, you, we now have the ability to turn off seeing our search performance in the search results. So for example, right now, if I do a search for something like EAT and SEO, um, the results that I'm going to get are going to tell me, oh, you currently rank, you know, number whatever for this query. And uh, I'm sure we've all seen it. The thing is, um, it makes it sometimes hard to do screenshots. Uh, I mean, you can still go into incognito or into a browser that you're not signed into. Um, but maybe you want to be seeing the results without those at the top. So you can now choose to turn that off if you want to. There was an interesting question on Twitter by uh, somebody was asking John Mueller about a particular website that um, was really having trouble uh, getting indexed. 
Now, we've been talking since December about some sites having issues getting indexed, and John Mueller keeps saying, no, Google's not having issues here. So when I first read this, I thought, oh, this is probably like a lower quality site that uh, thinks that they're higher quality, um, and, uh, and you know, Google just doesn't want to index their content because they're lower quality. It turns out this is actually a well-recognizable site. And John Mueller took a look at it, and he said, this is from Twitter, we can't fetch your robots.txt file, so we can't crawl. In a browser, the robots.txt file returns HTTP 950, which is not something we could process. So I actually had to look up what a 950 status code is. Kudos to you if you know what it is. Uh, if you know what it is, then don't have to look it up. I'm very, I'm very impressed. Uh, 950 status code, it says it's returned if an error occurs in the interpretation of an administrative request of the client. I don't even know what they're talking about there, but um, the, the point is the robots.txt file was returning a status code that Google could not use. Uh, and a couple of years ago, Gary Ish told us, he actually tweeted, did you know that if Googlebot can't access the robots.txt file due to a server error, it'll stop crawling the site altogether? I did not know that. Now, there are lots of sites that do not have a robots.txt file and Google can still do that. I think the issue is if you have one but it's not accessible by Google, then uh, they can stop crawling the rest of your site. So if you've really been having issues with um, with getting your content indexed, that might be something you want to look at. Uh, we use a, uh, a plugin, uh, it's a Chrome extension, which is the AYIMA, A-Y-I-M-A, redirect path. And you can uh, see for every page that you're on, you can see what the status code is and whether you've been redirected from another page to get there. So I would recommend using that if you're trying to sort out status codes. Let's talk about this article here on Google using, potentially using author vectors to determine who wrote your content. Uh, it was a great article by Bill Swalski, I believe it was on Search Engine Journal, uh, talking about this patent. Now, I have to give the usual disclaimer that I give every time we talk about patents. Just because Google has a patent doesn't necessarily mean that they're using it. Uh, but some of this stuff really makes sense to me. Um, Bill starts talking about how in the article, um, you can determine, if you think of authors that are well-known throughout history, and one of the examples was Shakespeare, uh, there's actually some controversy over Sha whether Shakespeare actually wrote all of the stuff that's attributed to Shakespeare. And um, the reason why there's controversy is that people can analyze and see that the phrasing is different. Uh, there are ways, there are techniques in writing in some of the works that are attributed to Shakespeare that uh, he doesn't use in his uh, other works. Um, and so uh, I think what Bill is trying to say here is that um, what this patent is saying is that Google now has the ability to look at things like phrasing patterns and, uh, and other things, and they actually can use neural networks to determine how to find out which authors authored which content. Um, now, aha, I could be partly wrong on this, and I feel like there's people already crafting tweets at me uh, saying, no, no, Google doesn't use authorship. Uh, Bill's actually talked about that in the article about how um, there was a quote uh, from, let's see if we can find it here. Uh, a couple of years ago, apparently uh, Google told us 
we don't use authorship markup anymore. We are too smart. And this patent could actually potentially explain why Google does not need to use the markup that, remember, we all linked to our Google Plus profile, and then we all, for a period of time, had our pictures in the search results next to articles that we'd written. Um, and so this sort of gives us a hint as to how Google can determine uh, whether content is actually authored by a particular author. That said, Danny Sullivan, uh, a while back, not, not that long ago, actually told us that Google doesn't look at exactly who authored which piece of content. So what are we talking about here? Am I contradicting myself? I think we had a really good discussion with our team on this that, uh, and this is, I'll warn you, is a whole lot of theory here. Um, I think it's possible Yes, that Google still could say, like, uh, I'll use myself in as, as an example, because I think I have some level of uh, authority or recognition in the SEO world. Um, Google can probably determine that I tend to write in maybe a passive voice and that I tend to use this type of cadence in my, uh, in my phrasing and who knows what types of patterns they can determine. So let's say that uh, somebody's just uh, deciding to write a new SEO blog and uh, they want to make it look like I'm working for them. Um, and so they write a post and they say, this is authored by Marie Haynes. But Google can tell, like, wait a second, this is written differently than Marie usually writes. I think it's possible that Google could use that as a trust factor um, in saying, look, this uh, website is claiming to have an authoritative author. Uh, and maybe in another case, you know, they're, they're claiming that this post was written by Dr. So-and-so, uh, but it doesn't match the patterns that we recognize from that doctor. Now, I think there's also another possibility that this is not even about recognizing which authors write which content, but rather about recognizing whether content is truly expert written. Um, so somebody, uh, you know, there are different phrases that uh, a true expert will tend to use, um, and there are phrases that... Uh, people who don't really know topics well will use. So who knows exactly how Google's using this? I would love to get under the hood and learn more information about um, how this is potentially a, a part of Google's algorithms. Um, I think the take home message here is that it, it, it'll, it's really hard to fake EAT. It's really hard to, I mean, that seems like a complete oxymoron, uh, to fake authenticity. Um, and we've had clients try to do it. You know, we've had clients that, against our advice, have uh, put a doctor's name on their content when that doctor had nothing to do with that content. Um, and I can't think of a case where I really felt that that helped, uh, but I could be wrong on that. So I thought that was interesting. I'm going to be keeping an eye on any news surrounding that patent because I think it could give us some clues as to how to better write our content. We talked earlier about uh, how your site may be removed from search if it's not functioning for a period of time. Mark Preston asked John Mueller on Twitter, uh, John, if a site goes down, how long does it need to be down before it starts to have a negative impact on the rankings? John's reply was, depending on how it goes down, we can start dropping URLs after a couple of days. So that means if, you're, if your site is down, uh, it's not functioning at all, a couple of days later, Google might just start taking those out of their index. He said this happens on a per URL basis, and when it comes back, often we can catch up quickly again too. So that's good to know. 
Um, so yeah, lots of stuff today about removing your site from search. Really, if you are thinking of removing your site, if there's any chance that you're going to want to have it back on again, we would prefer that you don't remove it from search, but that you, uh, you know, you, you mark it as temporarily closed. Um, and again, there's a whole bunch of stuff in newsletter on how to do that. Uh, I thought this was interesting, uh, something that Bill Hartzer tweeted, uh, thinking of renewing a few domain names. I know myself, I've got, I've got a list of about six domain names right now that I'm trying to decide, am I going to actually renew these? I mean, I've been renewing some of these for a long, long time. And uh, I keep thinking that one day I'm going to have time to work on this side project. But really, I know that's not going to happen. So what Bill said is there's a site called Name Liquidate, uh, NameLiquidate.com. It's a reverse auction that you can just sell them uh, rather than letting them go. So who knows? Uh, if you have a bunch of domain names that you're going to let go, you might be able to make a little bit of cash from those uh, selling them on that website. This is interesting about Amazon, and I haven't seen very many people talking about this. Apparently in India, Amazon has emailed all of their associates, which are, if I'm correct on this, are the Amazon affiliates, uh, to ask them to no longer send traffic to Amazon. Um, there was a screenshot from Ross Wynn where, uh, let's see here, this is a screenshot from his Amazon affiliate uh, panel, and it says, to serve customers' most urgent needs while also ensuring safety of our associates, we are prioritizing all our resources to serve products that are currently high priority for customers. Other products are temporarily unavailable for purchase. Hence, we ask you to stop all Amazon India promotions and not direct any traffic to Amazon India till further notice. Any form of customer incentivization provided by you for purchases on Amazon India should also be paused during this time. I don't know how many websites will do that. I mean, if, I, if my whole revenue, if, if my main source of money was from uh, my affiliate site, I'm probably not going to take the time required uh, so that all of my links that used to go to Amazon now go to some page that says, sorry, we can't send you to Amazon anymore. Uh, it seems like a lot of work for, um, you know, uh, for websites that are probably struggling already. Um, this is obviously related to the very serious situation in India and uh, people in India, I believe, are on complete lockdown where they're not allowed to go out to buy anything. Um, and so it's very important that sites like Amazon, Amazon most likely is the number one provider of uh, staples for uh, people who are on lockdown. So. Um, I don't know if this is going to happen in other countries. I would imagine that if American affiliates start getting this message, there's going to be quite a big deal made about this. Um, so, so far, this seems to be just in India. We heard maybe rumors that Italy, Amazon Italy, this was happening as well, but I don't know that for sure. Um, in terms of local news, we have lots and lots of information in our newsletter. Uh, there's lots in newsletter about um, the changes to Google My Business. So now Google My Business has a temporarily closed button that you can do, you can use. So if you're kind of confused about all these, like what status code to use and all that, at least you can pause your GMB listing to show that it's temporarily closed. It used to be that if you um, 
marked your business as temporarily closed, you would disappear from the MAPS rankings. And this is no longer the case apparently now. So you can mark your business as temporarily closed and it should not impact your ability to rank once you start opening again. Um, there are new options for takeout and delivery. Uh, there's new categories that you can use in Google My Business. Um, let's see. And this is interesting. We mentioned last week that it looks like new reviews are not being published on Google My Business. Uh, what seems to be happening is that they're in a queue and once uh, the, the panic um, phase is over, with uh, with coronavirus, then uh, these reviews should apparently be released. I don't know how they're going to do that because, uh, what you know, people who are – I bet you a lot of people are leaving reviews saying, like, your business is awful. I give you one star because you were closed when I went to buy toilet paper. Like, the, oh, I don't know how they're going to deal with all this stuff. So, um, so we'll keep on top of that for you. And, again, we have more in newsletter on that. I wanted to end with uh, a very interesting question about EAT. Um, this question comes from Michelle on Twitter, and uh, she was asking why a particular uh, website had pages that were ranking number one, uh, and in her opinion, there was bad content on these uh, sites. Um, she says, question for podcast, is there anything you can do other than wait if an affiliate site has poor EAT but is still ranking well? Any way to report a website or to get Google to manually audit. So I took a look and I'm, I'm trying to uh, do this judiciously without giving away anybody's websites, but the term was about drug rehab, basically. And um, the phrase here, uh, if you were doing a search for, say, drug rehab centers in a particular state, uh, that the site that tends to be ranking well for these um, is probably not the best option for uh, for a lot of people. Now, Michelle, I sort of creeped you on LinkedIn and found uh, the business that you're working for. Um, and it seems that, uh, now I, I could be wrong on this, but um, that you're one particular drug rehab uh, place. Whereas the sites that are ranking really well are um, affiliate sites that say, look, if you're looking for uh, drug rehab in this particular state or city, here are a bunch of different places where you can get help. Uh, and you can see why, I mean, I can see part of your point. I can see why uh, people would much rather go to your website because you're the actual business. Um, you're not just, you know, somebody with an affiliate website. You guys are the actual experts. The thing is, though, that EAT is not like a switch that's on or off. It's not like Google says, ah, there's this element on this page that is um, making us not trust this page, so it's never going to rank again. Um, EAT is such a collection of signals that, uh, you know, we see in the quality raters guidelines that that's how Google trains humans to determine whether a website is authoritative, if, if it's trustworthy, um, you know, if it's qualified to rank for the topics that they're ranked for. Uh, but they have, Google has so, so many algorithms that incorporate EAT and there's just so much more to ranking than just, uh, all right, you're lacking one signal, uh, so we're never gonna rank you again. Now, this could be true, I think, and this is my theory, 
in some cases, like let's say you're a website that talks about alternative uh, treatments for cancer, um, and the entire focus of your website uh, is talking about things that go against general scientific consensus, and you don't really have a ton of authority to talk on this, I do think it's possible where Google could say, look, there are such serious EAT issues on this site that we're going to demote it for any YMYL queries. That does happen. But when we look at this site that you showed me that um, is ranking really well and it's an affiliate website, they actually do have some components of EAT. I looked up the author's name. So on their about page, they have two different authors and these authors, uh, they're known as experts online, at least. At least one of them is. I looked up uh, one of the authors on Google News and uh, there were over 6,000 mentions of this person's name. Uh, and many of them in authoritative websites uh, that were talking about um, drug rehab and, and things in, in that sort of nature. So even if this person is not actively uh, working in the drug rehab field and is just writing about rehab uh, topics, um, they could still be seen as an expert. And so I think that counts for a lot. Uh, and so that's, that's something very, very important. Now, it does look like, you know, I, I think one of your concerns was that they're, they're not showing uh, clearly who, um, th that they have affiliate agreements with, uh, with companies. I mean, there are some elements here that, you know, I would look at and go, yeah, maybe this is not great in terms of trust. Um, but again, I think that some elements of the authoritativeness of this author can outweigh uh, other components on this website. So um, it does look, though, like when I looked at their traffic in SEMrush and Ahrefs, it looks like they've, they've seen hits with core updates, so they're not ranking for everything. But your concern is, uh, I'm sure, if you're doing a search for, again, drug rehab and your particular state, um, and I did this for uh, one of the states where I see you're actually uh, ranking on page one. And I see that you're uh, in the or, or in the maps results, and that's what you would expect to see. If I'm somebody who's looking for a business like yours, uh, I'm probably looking for local results, right? If I'm not looking for one particular business, if I didn't set out to go, ah, I've heard about such and such drug rehab clinic, uh, and this is where I want to go, and that's what I'm searching for, but rather I'm doing a search for things like where are, what are the drug the recommended clinics in this particular state or city. Um, I'm more likely to actually want to see a list of different clinics. So I talked about this in the past before, uh, something that HubSpot did years ago. They were trying to rank for best CRM software. And they noticed that when they did a search, the results that were listed organically were all websites like PCMag that were talking about, here's a comparison of all of these uh, best CRM softwares. And, um, and so what HubSpot did at that time was they made a comparison page and they said, look, uh, we are ranking ourselves number two out of all of these different softwares, and here's why. Um, and there's more to that story. Uh, now, I just did a search, and they're not actually ranking on the first page anymore, but I don't know how up-to-date uh, that page of theirs is. So what I'm trying to say in all this is, uh, and I know I'm kind of getting away from EAT here, I think this is less of an EAT issue and more of a relevancy issue. 
uh, that Google has figured out that when people search, they're more likely to be looking for comparison sites as opposed to one particular business. Now, in some cases, you can get around that by making a post that compares you against your competitors, uh, but I can see why in many cases you wouldn't want to do that. So it may not be that, uh, you know, their content is dramatically better than yours or that their EAT is better than yours. It might just be that Google is determining that more people are trying to search for a list of rehabs they can go to as opposed to seeing just one particular business. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm not sure if that's helped or not, but uh, it's always an interesting topic to uh, spitball on how we think Google is using EAT. Um, I'm going to end the podcast here. Uh, I just put it out there that we're still booking traffic drop assessments. If you do want to hire the MHC team, you can reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com. And uh, we do have some availability uh, for site reviews still. Um, And I really hope everybody is coping okay and getting through this. In our newsletter, we have several places where people have offered uh, to give free SEO help to businesses, to do um, calls with SEOs who are just struggling um, with social distancing at this point. The the SEO community is really, really coming together. So if you are struggling, I'd encourage you to, uh, to read some of those good stories in newsletter. Um, With that, I'm going to end things, and I do wish you the best of luck with your rankings, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.